Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Soap fans and true believers. I'll keep it short and sweet since I know the schedule has been a little off this week thanks to technical difficulties. I have Grant Rudder, who you may also recognize from AfterBuzz TV. He is a longtime soap fan and has his own podcast, Grant's Rants, that is often about the real housewives, who some of which you will see in daytime. Plus, he produced the Inside Salem podcast for NBC, which you can find anywhere you find this podcast. But unlike Days of Our Lives, they are not currently producing new episodes. But we will see if that changes with the current climate. So yeah, enjoy our late night chat about our favorite soaps of past and present. And a little insider knowledge from Grant, who has worked a lot behind the scenes. You're listening to Believe in Soap Operas After Dark, since that's where we're recording. Of course, I'm your host, Lucretia Lyon, and with me is Grant Rudder. How you doing, Grant? Hey, how's it going? Hello, hello. Yeah, so we have a bit of a soap history. Like, we were both at After Buzz, and I know at that time I did The Young and the Restless in General Hospital, and you were a watcher of The Young and the Restless, so I had had you on that after show there. And then I know that you produce the Inside Salem podcast over at NBC, as well as have your own podcast, Grant's Rants, which to me, the Real Housewives and a lot of the things you talk about count as soaps. Yeah, they do. And like, just like the daytime soaps, some are in better shape than others, clearly. <laughs> well, um, and there's so many I... soap stars and former soap stars who are on those shows as well. A lot of crossover yeah. audience. There's definitely a crossover in the audience, for sure. I just uh, I wish that they were a little bit more, um, like, they marketed that way, you know? I think yeah. there's, a real, there's a real crossover that they could capitalize on, you know? Especially with press. It'd be great if they could figure something out where they would be able to put a housewife on some, a show like Days uh, more often than they have in the past. I know that was something they did with Eileen, but... Um, it would be great if they just kept it all in the family and did a few things just to draw up more press for both shows. Yeah, which just makes sense. And I will say, like, what I've noticed with the soaps and now, like, you know, Days obviously was like eight months ahead. So they have all this material in the bank. But Ron is genius. And that's actually one of the many reasons I've just started watching Days is Ron and the fact that it may be the only new thing for a while with the current state we're in. But also, like... Most soaps are going to have time to, like, fix and change things, but days. So there's going to be a little bit of a drawback from that to see what's... Yeah, it's kind of hard to see what's working. I know, like, with Kelly Thiebaud showing up on the show for basically, like, a little bit and then being gone, like, and then it, it was, like, announced that someone else was in that role and nobody had any idea Kelly was even coming and she's a crossover from General Hospital. She's great. And that really would have, like, drummed it up, but then there was just the drama of, like, oh, she was here and she was gone <laughs> because of the taping schedule. Well, was that why? Was that why she left? Was it too intense? Uh, well, she actually, uh, I think, 
had to work around other stuff. Because Kelly, I know, was never contracted GH. Uh, she was always, like, recurring. But she's great, and she'd actually come back to General Hospital after. But it showed, you know, because of the taping schedule, it showed her on General Hospital before she showed up on days. But, yeah, she apparently couldn't work days around her schedule because of the way that they work. And, like, like I say, I mean, they really don't have a lot of, like... They've been sitting on like news like Brandon Barash returning for so long. Oh, and, forever, forever. Yeah. yeah, that was a mistake to kill off that character anyway, just to bring him back. Like, how many times are we going to do this on that show? Well, apparently uh, Days is worse than any other soap about bringing people back. Like, because I thought that all my children pretty well did that in an insane way many times, like including re- undoing Erica Kane's abortion with the, the invention of Josh Madden. <laughs> I'll never forget that story in, in being insane. But Days apparently, and, and I was watching the show th- this week, like with Brandon's return now as Jake, and, and thoroughly enjoy Brandon as an actor and just to watch him as like a new or days watcher. Because I, I watched it off and on and I'm well aware of who's who and what's what. But it, it, it was a fun intro at least. But yeah, getting all the, the backstory from Gabby, that's kind of what I liked about the character. It's like, oh, she's telling me all about like, oh, well, there's this serum and it can bring anybody back, blah, 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 this yep. so-and-so and going over it. I'm like, wow, days like... They literally started by jumping the shark. Oh, they really have. I mean, it's to the point where, like, people are running around in masks. I mean, there's a lot going on, but it's escapist. And I, I like that it is, it's, it doesn't take itself too seriously, yeah. which is what I like. Um, you know, I, I'm really enjoying these right now. Like you said, it's the only real show that's currently airing new episodes, and they have them basically till, like, the end of the fall. So, like, you know, we're going to have all new shows. I'm even encouraged by mom. My mom is a big Y&R viewer. She's loves yeah. the show. And I was like, why do you look at Days? At least you know, love some new content. She's like, mm, I don't know. But I think, you know, people get desperate. I, yeah. I, I would take a look at it. I don't really mind watching it. I love TV that I can put on in the background. And that's why I love soaps. Because I don't feel as though I have to sit like a Breaking Bad and watch every frame of every scene because I'm going to miss something. It's great to have on in the background and just to catch up and see what's going on. Um, I, I enjoy days. I've been rooting for days for a long time. Uh, it's a hard show to root for at times because <laughs> a lot of choices that are made. Uh, but I want to see it do well. You know, I was a lifelong Guiding Light viewer, and to lose that still sucks. So I don't want to see any of them go. You know, it's tough. Yeah, and that's why, you know, now that I have time, I want to support the ones I hadn't been watching. Like, you know, I've always been a General Hospital watcher, but I watched both. I watched all the ABC soaps, One Life to Live being my all-time favorite. But, yeah, when they were canceled, I'm like, I've got to give, like, another show a chance. And it was Y&R because so many of the people would come over from ABC to there. And, and it is more about the familiar faces. But that's the good thing about Days, having Wally Kurth, who's on both shows, General Hospital and Days right. of Our Lives. Greg Vaughn, you've got Brandon Barash back. And, you know, I recognize, that, God, what's his name? Brock is the actor, and he played Kelly's brother, and Kelly had come over from General Hospital, and she plays Zoe. 
But yeah, like he he was the young Dean in a Supernatural episode I was just watching, and Dean himself was Eric Brady at one time, Jensen Ackles. So like that that helps too. So if people are looking to get into Days because it will be the only new thing after General Hospital runs out at the end of this month. But they were smart well, to extend. I was extend. wondering when that was. I was yeah. wondering when GH was running out. I haven't I actually have not taken a peek at that in a while. Um, this that, that was a show I interned on way back in the day. Uh, but I don't know if I would recognize it anymore. That show just was never by my soap. For whatever reason, I, I always tried with that show. But it just wasn't my my soap. But I enjoy it for what it is. I'm glad that it's still around. Well, the good thing about General Hospital is they've, they've been smart in a way. Like, there, there are things that I don't always like. But there are certain aspects of the reason that that's still my favorite. And they're, they're really kind of making a good turn for the show, I think. There's like maybe one or two storylines I'm not jazzed about, but overall, I think that, you know, Mark Teshner is just a great casting director. And so for the characters that are maybe children of legacies, so if you recognize, say, like Anna Devane or Carly or Sonny, I mean, their kids are great and they're still all on the show as well. And then Jeannie Francis is back as Laura and in a real storyline. And, you know, we've got Kevin, Scotty, Lucy. It's good. And it's back to where it was. Like, there's... I will say, the show always looks good. It's always lit. The sets have depth to them. Um, I, I like the, the overall production value of that show. Yeah, and, and and they really do produce it when they do. I know we, we give them hell for the outdoor scenes, but, <laughs> I mean, uh, those well, aside. Yeah, I mean, but, that's bad, on, that's bad yeah. on all of them. Yeah. Now, like, once they start going outside on soaps, the concept of, like, an outdoor front door... Uh, backyard, I would think about a guiding light with a bar barbecue, and all that. Like, you know, like that. Yeah, once they start going outside, all in outside sets look like community theater. You know, I mean, that's the one thing. I will say, like, they do make the effort with the gobos that will project different types of like uh, shadows and stuff in the windows. Like, you know, they, there's an effort there. There's a lighting design on General Hospital that looks good. And Y and R, they they have fantastic sets. I love their sets. Yeah, that's the thing, is, like, I, I will always pick GH over Y&R because uh, that's just what I grew up with more. But Y&R sets, I think, are, have always been done a little bit better. And it's great to see how some of the sets have lasted. Like, they've, they've obviously redone them a bit, but Victor's Office is still very much Victor's Office. It's kind of iconic. It is. I'm still disappointed they got rid of the, uh, the Newman Ranch because I, I never could take to that new Newman Ranch. It's so plain. It doesn't look like millionaires live there or billionaires live there at all. I liked the other one. It was, it was so dated. I actually saw that set in person when I interned on that show back in like 2010 and before they got before Jill Farrah Phelps got rid of it. And um, I mean, it was definitely like a very dated set. My God, but it didn't look that way on TV. I think it was like, you know, iconic. It's a huge subject for what it is. The same way yeah. you look at uh, the Abbott Mansion. I'm sure maybe it's a little rough if you were to examine it, but on TV, like we know what it is, we love what it is. Like we need, we need that consistency. Yeah, and, and that's what soaps sort of provide. And I do hope that with this time that a lot of people now have at home that they didn't, that they're going to soaps for that, for that familiarity. That's why it's so smart with what some of the shows have done, like with General Hospital extending their new episodes till the end of May by inputting flashbacks in the episodes themselves to stretch the content. 
while CBS are showing, like, theme weeks of old classic episodes. And, you know, people can kind of, like, catch up. And, and what's cool is, like, certainly with CBS and their soaps, how most of those people are still on the show. Right. Yeah. Especially Bold and the Beautiful. Yeah. Virtually unchanged. I'm, I'm glad, though, that they... Other than, like, obviously, yes, they're, they're doing the themed weeks. So I want to be careful how I say this because I, I respect all the shows. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that they're, like, making an effort. Um, like you said with General Hospital, too, with the extending the episodes. They're making an effort. They're not just replaying, like, stray episodes from February of yeah. this year. It's like there's a, you know, someone's thinking. And they're making it um, nice for the people who are stuck at home who want to relive Victor and Nikki's wedding. And, you know, they've got the little tags at the top, which I appreciate. You know, somebody's working and thinking, which is nice to see. Yeah, like you say, it's a good effort. And it is a pleasure. Because, like, stuff like Victor and Nikki's wedding, I wasn't even born yet. But it's so cool to watch that. Yeah. I think it's a really great thing that they do it. It's just it pays a watch the show. I mean, I think, if anything, it's just a treat to the real loyal viewers who have just watched forever and ever. And, you know, you really can't find these things. Even with CBS Selectus, it doesn't go back that far. Um, you know, one thing I want to say, the spirit of soaps, this NBC Peacock streaming service is coming out. I wish that they would put Passions, the full oh, yeah. series, on that app. I looked for it just to see if they were going to do it. And it didn't say anything. But who really knows? I mean, they're probably not going to make a press release for Passions. The only people that care about Passions are the people listening to this podcast and you and me. So I don't know if we'll get any press to go, but I know people would watch. Because we as soap fans are loyal and we love these shows. And I would love to rewatch Passions. Yeah, even Spike and Giles on Buffy were fans of Passions. Like, it, it, like, I've, the days of Passions and Port Charles, like, boy, do I miss that. Because I remember when Port Charles premiered and it was the greatest thing because it was a spinoff of all my favorite General Hospital characters Scotty, Lucy, Kevin. And then they had vampires. So it was just like the Dark Shadow tapes my dad had. And if they can have all of Dark Shadows on several streaming apps, they could have Passions and Poor Charles. Oh, yeah. I mean, Passions, really, I think it was an NBC-owned show, I believe, at the time, so, like, I'm assuming they have the rights, and just, you know, it's just probably like a drag-and-drop of files. There's nothing they have to do about it. I don't expect them to market and promote it. Just, like, make it available. Yeah. We'll market and promote it. You know, the A-team is going to be available, like, who cares? Let's watch Passion. That's what I want to see. I actually genuinely would love to start that show from the beginning. Talk about a great show to put out in the background. I mean, not like nine seasons worth of unlimited episodes, basically telling the same storyline. Like, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, like, and come on, This Is Us is Justin Hartley. That's all they have to say, and how many people are going to watch it? <laughs> Exactly. Oh my god, I remember I used to want to dress like he did on the show. He used to wear like the kind of like bleach wash bleach wash denim jeans and like a long button down shirt untucked. I remember I had to buy all that from JC Petty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before untuck it was like a thing. Right, exactly. It was very California chic because remember they went to LA for a summer or whatever. Oh, yeah. Hot, hot LA passions. Oh my god, how do I remember all this? But again, I would like to rewatch it. It's sitting somewhere on a server. Like, let's watch it. 
Well, and yeah, the Peacock streaming app, like, really does sound cool, but I do hope they do stuff like this, especially because, you know, hey, this may happen again. We all may be stuck home. I do think that we're getting to a point where we're going to get it soon, get out sooner than later, but it is one of those things that, oh, what a great little nugget to give people who've been, you know, out of work or bored or want to binge things, but passions. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I'm still re-watching episodes of Ugly Betty. I, I think that's one of my top Oh, that was a good show. Fantastic show. So about a soap opera in itself that I was, you know, kind of more dramedy, but um, I really loved that show. I had so much heart to it. And I'm re-watching that, so I'm sure people will watch Passions. Why not? Yeah, like, um, you're watching Ugly Betty. I'm watching something that was on about the same time, very similar soapy feel, uh, Desperate Housewives. And a lot of, like, old soap actors or, you know, things were on yeah. that show. And, and it's a fun show. And, and I had actually probably done a rewatch not too long ago, maybe a few years ago. But I remember being obsessed with that show, and it was around the same time. It was, like, nighttime soap opera. The only thing about that show was it lasted too long. They should have ended that show two or three seasons before they did. They really milked that show too far, I think, when they did the whole reset. Um, the five-year like, time jump was ahead of its time, I think. And I, I yeah. did think it worked, like, the first season. I will say the season with Drea De Matteo was really good. And, like, the Neil McDonough season but yeah, like those first two were pretty good, but I will say it got a little weird because you could tell they were like, okay, now where do we go with this? But I do love Mark right. Cherry. I think he, he's that show on CBS All Access, Why Women Kill is great, and Devious Maids yeah. was great. Like, I, I was so pissed when Devious Maids got canceled. Yeah, I dropped that show for, I don't know why, but I, I tried with that, but um, the Why Women Kill was really really well done yeah i was and, actually surprised i liked it as much i love lucy lou so i was like oh i'll like this mark cherry lucy lou looks great and at first i'm like this is it and then i'm like no wait this is really good like the storytelling yeah. is very unique he knows how to write a show i know there's a lot of controversy around chippy speaking. yeah you know notoriously difficult but um look he, he knows how to put together a show so I mean, you know, it's kind of going to separate the art from the artist, I guess. And Yeah. I, know, I mean, I've learned one. to watch Brian Singer movies, too. It, it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Mark Cherry has never been accused of anything like that. But, yeah, like, no. Devious Maids is, is amazing like, if you can write it. Except for Edie Britt. Oh, yeah, Sim and Nicola Sheridan got into yeah, it. Yeah, right? I don't know what that was all about. I don't know what became of that. I don't know if that yeah. was settled out of court or what, but who knows? Yeah, as I say, it's Hollywood. There's always people who don't get along, and you never know what really happened. Because, yeah, I think it was more of like a a slap or spit. I, I know, like, you know, CBS Daytime has some lawsuits like that as well. Yes. But, oh, yeah, because... Mark Mark's stuff is really good, though. And and Devious Maids, I was surprised at how good it was. But when you got Susan Lucci in there, it, it, the and the pals were, like, my favorite characters because they were ridiculous. I think it's horrendous that Susan Lucci is still not on television in some oh, capacity. Yeah. And I've said this forever about Kim Zimmer. I, I know she's a woman of a particular age. Yeah. I think it's a shame that someone of her caliber is not on television in any way. I would take her in any way. She, I, I love her. I am still not over the loss of, of uh, Reva Shade on my TV. You know, Guy Light, uh, that didn't end in the best way. But mm -hmm. There's something with that brand 
that they could do something with that. If they could just dust it off the shelf at Procter & Gamble and figure out something with all these streaming services and all these platforms, it'd be great to do something with Guiding Light. But I just don't know if it will ever happen. Yeah, it's funny. I've heard a lot more because, you know, all my children in One Life to Live, one of them ended well, One Life to Live. One of them, not so much. And yes. even when the online, like, it, it just, it was weird. But I do think, like, that if they did that now, it would work. It was just new yeah. at the time. And and yeah. I know there's been, like, legitimate discussions about bringing one of them back. Because on General Hospital, now they're able to use characters. And you'll see several come in from, right. like, One Life to Live. I mean, because technically, like, they sort of have, like... A Ryan's Hope connection with Ava that they've nodded to a few times, like who's the best? But yeah, like it's cute how they, they sort of keep they, that alive. They just have to have the right production connections and plan to do so because the online network was just not well executed. It, it just it, it was just not a thing. It, yeah, you know, it was. It, I think they bit off more than they could chew. In a big way, um, but yeah. those are very viable brands. And I'm telling, mean, really, like with all these streaming services, I don't know why, but people underestimate the power of the soaps. And it's like now more than ever, you want to make some noise, you know, do something with it. Disney Plus, you know how much yeah. it would cost them to do something on Disney Plus in a, in a multi-camera? Nothing. The considering the budgets that they're putting into the Mandalorian and these other things, just for Disney Plus. It would cost them zero dollars to do something on a multi-camera, small ensemble cast, like for Disney Plus. Yeah, and say Kim Zimmer was on One Life to Live towards the end, so there is her a job. I mean, yes, that wouldn't be my top ten characters to bring back. But while Roger no, and Michael are busy on General Hospital, they, <laughs> you know, Todd and John can just pop yeah. in occasionally. I know you'd be like, Echo yeah. wasn't exactly, like, groundbreaking. Yeah. You know, it was Kim so, you know. Yeah, and I know Mark Cherry actually had a show, like, and, and I don't know what's happened to this, where it was in production, but there was all this talk forever about a Reba McIntyre, Mark Cherry project, and I've just not heard about it in, like, the last mm -hmm. year. And I'm like, I would be down for that. And, you know, he loves the Soap Divas as well. Oh, I wonder, yeah, yeah. there seems to be a lot of confusion around him. I don't know anything. I really wish that he wasn't considered complicated because I like his show. Oh, yeah, they're, they're no. some of my favorite, yeah. Yeah. But like you say, Disney Plus, you know, they own the rights to All My Children and One Life to Live at, at this and, point. And, yeah. yeah. And the budgets, the budgets they have for shows on there are huge. They are so invested in that platform, as they should be, like, to put together, even if they did it, like, I mean, they should do it five days a week, but even if they just did a shorter season and they yeah. called All My Children, I mean, it would cost them nothing. They're not booking huge celebrities either, so they could do it in a very, like, you know, budget-friendly way, but they could, the, the incentive for them would be that they would be able to bring in that loyal audience of soap viewers that are now going to subscribe to Disney+. Plus. You know, it's not just moms with young kids. Like, you know, you could bring people in and a different demographic. Their money is just as good. Yeah, and, and I know that was one of the things that the online shows had tried to do was market the younger characters a little more and try to center more around that. 
And if it was on Disney Plus, I could see that actually. You know, marketing with the teen yeah. scene as Disney always has. Would that be my favorite thing? No, I'm definitely much more interested in the 40 plus. But to have some of these characters and some of that legacy go on, I think I'd, I would certainly tune in no matter what. I mean, as long as we got to see John McBain sometimes or Todd Manning sometimes, <laughs> focusing on their kids would be interesting. And and it's something that they, when they initially did the Prospect Park stuff, it was too much too soon. And had they just waited, I think it would have worked out. Yeah, I think they did move too fast on that, and there wasn't a strategy behind it. I know people who worked on that project, they felt the same way, just like being in the middle of it. Um, you know, if they really took their time with it, um, I wonder what it was. I just, maybe it was a, they needed a return on investment quickly. I just don't know what it is. But it's a shame, because I wonder, I want to ask you this, as a viewer, as someone who enjoyed my life to live till the end, do you count the Hulu online network version as part of the universe or is you just kind of pretend that didn't happen? Yeah, it, it was one of those things that I just couldn't really get into it. it there was something off about it and it wasn't just because they could do a little bit more. It didn't necessarily have that daytime feel. It, it, there was something missing from it. Like, it, it, they had all the pieces, but there was, like, that one element missing. So, I don't really consider the the online pieces, like, to be canon. So, I'm not even sure what happened on some of them. Actually, that's terrible. I should know that. But maybe I'll look that up and try to watch it. Because, yeah, it's sort of like with a lot of other shows that have been rebooted or, like, a continuation. There's pieces of it that they just choose to forget. And I'm willing to do that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they kind yeah, of forget I mean, a lot of stuff on Port Charles and General Hospital when the characters came back. Right, right. Yeah, rewriting history of the theme. Yeah, they do that anyway when stuff is canon in the show. So, yeah, why would, why would we even consider that? And And if they did want to, as long as they did it well and sort of kept the same feel, I think I think it would work. I would love to see it. I think it would be just a really good thing for the genre. And I think it would kind of revitalize things a little bit. Um, there are so many people, especially behind the scenes, that you know could help with something like that. They've got decades of experience working on a lot of the New York soaps. They could come in. They could help. Not, not, I'm not talking about the same recycled executive producers, though. I think we need to get some new blood in there. Yeah. But there are people who have. They can write. You know, they know what it takes to load in sets overnight and. You know, the pace of a soap opera, they have those skills that they could lend to a new project. They're still out there. You know, they're still out there, and most of them are willing to work. Someone like, um, as an actor, I mean, I would, I miss seeing someone like a Beth Chamberlain on TV. She's a very talented actress. Yeah. She's a New York, New York based actress. I'm sure she'd love to take out a gig, but she's not going to come out to LA to do it because her life is there. So there's, I don't know, there's just such a market of talented people. On the East Coast, I hope that they can be utilized. I don't know. It's so weird because we've got more content than ever before. But yet there are people with talent who are untapped and out of work. It's strange. 
Yeah, there, there are so many different projects going on, certainly when production starts back up, because there's literally a streaming service for everything. I mean, hence Ricky Gervais's, you know, joke about, like, if ISIS had a network, you'd all audition, because we most people would. Because, you know, while there is all this work, there's still not enough for everybody that is a talented actor these days, I guess. And like you say... There used to be five to seven, like depending on the time, amount of soaps shot in New York. Now, nothing. Like even Law and Order and stuff, like you only have SVU left. All of other Dick Wolf's other productions are in Chicago now. Yeah, it's a shame because, you know, as everybody knows, like the, you know, they're such great training ground, uh, especially for people from Broadway and. You know, they just had a unique market of talent in the New York area to, to showcase that L.A. did not have. And, you know, it's just a shame all around that there's none left there. It really is. I thought there would at least be one, but we don't have that. Yeah, like, um, I would be willing to share Michael Easton and Roger Haworth if they could get One Life to Live back in New York and let Tony award-winning Renee Goldsberry come back as Evangeline because I loved that character and I wanted that triangle with those two guys forever. And they did too. Although Todd was Victor and, you know, now Roger's Todd. But, you know, we could oh, probably God. get both. I yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. That. Oh, God. <laughs> My mind blocked that out. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, the the Tale of Two Todds will always be one of my favorite stories. And, yeah, Ron Carvalani is... He he will spin shit into gold, uh, pardon my French. Uh, that, <laughs> he, he is a fun, campy writer, and that's why I think he fits over at Dave's, even though I do miss him on General Hospital. Yeah. Dave's entertaining. I think they have a lot... I don't know this for sure, but I think they have a lot to... A lot of different things they have to work against, like budgets and time restrictions and sets and how many people can be in episodes. I, I think, you know, they're really held back by all these logistics. I wish they didn't have so many restrictions on them because, you know, Ron could really go crazy over there. And uh, I would love to see, you know, some more stunts come out of that show because it is very stagnant. It's very stagnant. There's a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations and um, just kind of makes me a little nervous. Like I need to see a little bit more movement, you know, I think that must be tough to write because it's all like one-on-one -on -one conversation. You know, it's not the most gripping TV right now. Yeah, and now that you mention it, I'm like, yeah, like I've watched Days just a little bit here. I, I caught like the April Fool's episode because I love Greg Rickard and I had to see that. And it was interesting. But then these last couple I've watched, like Brandon's Return and everything as Jake... Like, yeah, it really is just one person talking to one other person in different rooms. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, I didn't even think about that. But, but yeah, and like you say, Ron can do campy, he can do exciting, and I think that'll work over here. Let's just see what he can do. Yeah, I, just, I feel like he's a little held back. This is just totally my opinion. I don't know anything. I have spent a lot of time over at Days, and recently we did, like you mentioned at the top of the podcast, um, I did a show for them. Um, I was just producing it, but there was a, a producer along with Michael Fairman called Inside Salem, and for whatever reason, NBC did not really promote it, uh, and they did not continue with it, which is a shame. Uh, there was so much potential with that, but I threw myself into that project, and it was a very difficult show to produce. Um, it's the, their setup over there, the pace at which they work, they are not equipped or set up to have any type of podcast or any type of digital presence. 
I mean, they're just moving too quick. But I was glad to do it because it was my way of kind of celebrating the show. And I really do support them. Like I said, I want to see them do well. So I feel very nice attachment and familiarity to the show itself. And like you said, people watching these soaps, it's something familiar and comfortable. And that's how I feel about days. Yeah, and, and and like it's always good to see that certainly with days. I mean, you most of these people have been on the show for years, and you're you're seeing a lot of that. They're they're doing at least from what I've been watching a good job in the one sense of utilizing their veterans and rotating in some newer people than some subs. So yeah, that's a positive. Only, yeah. Yeah, there were there were a lot of people in and out of that show. A lot of like supporting people will come in do like a little small six week arc which I think is really smart, both financially and to move the story along. Um, I like that element about that show. You know, there's always someone new popping in and out. I don't know if you remember, they had Judith Chapman on last year. If you oh, yeah, that, I love her. <laughs> oh, she, she, she played Greg Rickard's mother. On yeah, and why not? Oh, they had some, and on days, and there was his mother on days as well, and they had some incredible twisted scenes. Yeah, I miss seeing Gloria on YNR. Oh, me too. She could turn the most blase dialogue and the most, like, scene full of exposition into something interesting. It's just, I just want to see where she's going to take it. I think she's one of the greats. I love her. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's a fun actress. And that's what I like about Soaps, is you're allowed to have that actress playing that character. And, yep. you know, you the, some of the nighttime soaps are good about doing it, like, you know, the aforementioned Mark Cherry gems. But, like, so many people take their crap too seriously in uh, prime time. I keep wanting to call it nighttime, but no, prime time. And it's just not as fun. Uh, I love watching people chew up the scenery on daytime. I do too. It, I look. I like the fun of it all. I love something that's ridiculous, comedic, and dramatic at the same time. I think that's why I take to Ugly Betty the way that I do. It, it's just it, it can be. You can watch it in the lens of drama or comedy, and you get the same entertainment value out of it. Yeah, and, and that is the thing, and that's why I watch the CW and all the superhero shows. It's sort of the same feed, and that's why a lot of these people started on daytime. I mean, Roger Howarth was on The Flash for an arc, playing Iris's creepy boss. And, you know, it's funny to see all these people, like Hartley Sawyer was Kyle Abbott on The Young and the Restless, and, you know, he's great as Elongated Man, but only soap actors can sell that stuff. And that's what I tell people. It's like, no, like, you know, when you're working against a green screen or say you're like Victor Garber as Firestorm, only Victor Garber could have played Professor Stein on Legends of Tomorrow. That show is freaking bonkers. But it is one of my favorite shows because it's very much, it's a soap opera with superheroes, okay? (laughs) I have not heard of it, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's it's the redheaded stepchild of the CWDC block, but it, it's um, fun, and they even have my favorite character, John Constantine, popped up on there and is part of the team now. And it, it's really just like the, there's even the joke when they start the show is like, yeah, they were like the D-list people from all the other shows that people liked enough, so they put them on there. Yeah. Smart of the CW. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of them, I'm actually re watching Gossip Girl. Speaking of soap operas and 
That's kind of a mix. I don't know how I feel about it yet. Some episodes are very soapy and overdramatic, and then others are very CW. They're very, like, teeny and, like, angsty and don't really get behind that too much. Yeah, Gossip Girl was... mixed. Yeah, it was a mix. Like, most of the CW, like, superhero stuff until Supergirl got weird like that was, like, you could enjoy it if you were an adult. And then you have Supernatural, too, which is pretty well just a soap, and it's, I swear, Mark Teschner watches it and casts from that to General Hospital, which I appreciate. But yeah, that show's been on 15 seasons. It almost is like a soap with, you know, Supernatural stuff. So essentially Port Charles or Dark Shadows. But yeah, like, Gossip Girl, I always found, was kind of like how Riverdale is, where there were times where you would be drawn in because it's actually a well-written show and the cast is great, but then you're kind of put off by the fact that it is, then there'll be an episode and it's uneven where it's like, this is too teeny for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, I'm looking for the kind of a sophisticated nighttime yeah. drama, you know, instead of the Upper East Side. I mean, it sounds great on paper and then some of the stuff is just like, all right, okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it about 10 episodes in. Um, we'll see how long I last, but... Um, you know, it's interesting because there are some soap alumni on that as well, New York-based shows. So I'd be curious to see who else pops up. I know they have quite the cast on there, I think especially towards the end. So who knows? Yeah, the woman who was Taya on a, a One Life to Live. I'm mixing up my soaps and I'm like blanking on her name. She was amazing. Like, I love Taya Delgado. Valencia. So yeah, she Valencia. was the original mom of Blair, only in the pilot though, and they replaced her. So I was like pissed. I was like, she was such a great actress. But yeah, like, that would have been great if she was Blair's mom, because I actually really liked Blair and what I watched of the show. And like I say, you have great actors on there, but it just like was a little too teen scene for me and that's like Riverdale when when it's about the hot dads I was all in for it but now they're all gone so what's the point oh yeah because yeah, I mean that was like a big selling point for that show yeah yeah I mean it's like you mentioned earlier you'd like to see the 40 plus stories I enjoy it too I think you've got to mix it up a little bit but I yeah I don't mind like, mixing I, it up I'm not watching for the younger set. And so I I think you've got to have, you know, like, you got to really push the older group. And, you know, they're so afraid to do that because they, but these younger people are not coming. They, they, the younger people are us. We're enjoying the, this, this demo. Leave us alone. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, we're probably some of the youngest viewers and we're both saying we would rather watch the 40-plus demo. I don't mind, like... And Chase on General Hospital. Put Chase all you want. That dude is a great actor. I think Chad Duell who plays Michael is a good actor too. But like, mix believe, it up I with them. Believe, I can't believe Chad's been on that show for ten years. Yeah, I, 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 really, I mean, it makes sense. I've you know seen him on it all for a long time. I've heard him on different podcasts. But um, wow, look, he's he's become now like that real staple with just like the Marie, Maurice and uh, you know like Laura Wright like they're just they're just part of the canvas well and to me I understand using Chad and Eden who plays Jocelyn like because they're that legacy family sort of like with Summer yeah. and Kyle over on The Young and the Restless it makes sense to use those people and like I say I like Josh Wiggard as, as Chase 
but it was just like the the younger women they've gotten just haven't really clicked but it's because they don't really give them much of a story or anything to go with like they could have really done stuff with Sasha over there because she was great great uh, you know beautiful Swedish actress Sophia Masson and I think Caitlin who plays Willow is good and if they'd give her the meaty material of going nuts, which she seems to be going under the surface there as an actor, it's like, that would be great. But if we're just like, oh, these bland women who they want to just marry to get this kid, it's like, it's a little too 1950s, and this is supposed to be the younger set. So I'm not sure how they, they think that'll pull in younger yeah. viewers. I mean, you know, give them something fun. Because the, the teen scene is great on that show. Well, the, there's a, I feel like there's a lot of bland, younger actors on the Bold and the Beautiful. Yeah, they've kind of always done that from what I've seen. They, they have, they have, but some have popped a little bit more than others. Um, but you know, this this current set doesn't grip me at all. I, I um, really loved the Bold and the Beautiful um, in the mid-2000s. Um, I just thought it was so great. Um, and I just was kind of like, you know, when Susan Flannery retired, it just shifted in tone for me. And it just became very repetitive. And I just needed a little bit more character development personally to really invest myself. I, I know who Brooke, Brooke Logan is. I knew who Stephanie Forrester was. Someone like Taylor. Like I knew what they stood for. And I just don't know if I feel that way now because it's just so much of, you know, back and forth trading uh, between you know the the, the you know, like the four same four or five people, it just got repetitive for me, and I didn't really know who they were. But when Young and the Restless, oh, I loved when M. Ryland was on the show. Yeah, but the, the current actress, yeah, she's Lulu now over at um in General Hospital. Yeah, the current actress Melissa Ordway plays um what's her name Abby Abby. Um, I don't dislike her. I think it's the character. I think the character isn't very well defined, and I don't really have any interest in that character. Um, I'm not. She has so much potential. They just don't know what to do with her. Yeah. So much, and same thing with Kyle Abbott. I mean, how many are we going to have? And what's the goal of that character? Who is Kyle? We've seen him now for quite a few years, on and off. Who is he? What kind of character is he? Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's like you could have a Kyle that airs today. And the actor can leave, and then we have a new actor come in, and then it's like a new take on Kyle. And it's like, well, who is he? This could be, he should be a front burner, leading, well defined character. He's a legacy character. Figure it out. Same thing with Abby. Yeah, I I agree with that because I feel like both characters and and the actors as well. Like I think Michael Mailer is a good actor who's playing Kyle. But we don't really get Kyle's point of view, really. And same thing with Abby. And that's what's missing from their characters. With Summer, Summer actually has a well-defined point of view. I love the fact that she hates, like, Nick and uh, Phyllis getting back together. And, and right, it's funny. Right. She does so well with the older set. And, 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 like, her and Kyle have chemistry. Which I'm still a little, like, didn't they think they were brother and sister? But I guess I root for Alexis and Valentine, so I shouldn't judge. <laughs> but it is one of those that it's, like, Kyle doesn't seem to have story outside of his relationship, so it's sort of the opposite of, like, the women on GH. It's like, well, wh- what do we do with Kyle? What are his motivations? Right. And, and, like, they Abby, they just throw her around. Yeah. Yeah, they have to stand for something. I want to know, like, that they hate someone, or they have a vendetta against someone, and not one that's going to disappear in two months. Like, they turn the bulls of beautiful, and then they, like, pretend it never happened. I need, you know, someone to really hold a grudge. Like, we, you know, back in the day when... 
you know, like Dorian and you know, Vicky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You knew that that was, that was going to go to the yep. death. You know, like that's the whole thing. I like stuff like that. I don't know. I need like very well defined characters that you, like, so, again, my favorite character on The Young and the Restless, Jill. I <laughs> yeah, love I love her. Jill. And Jess Walton, what a, what a fantastic guy. She just is like a pair of slippers. She knows how to conduct that role and play that part. So wonderful. Even me, at, at this point, where I am a casual viewer of The Young and the Restless, I will ask my mom, what is Jill up to? I'm, I'm still interested. I guess not much. She hasn't been around in a while, huh? Well, she's shown, like, her and Jack are, like, you know, close now. Like, they're, and that's another, like, they they hate each other on one sense, but then they, they've been around so long and with each other and not with each other, and now she's family. So so their banter is great. But, yeah, after Colin was arrested, that was Tristan Rogers' character she was married to. I actually really liked their story. And I kind of hope he does come back. But, yeah, that she was part of that, of him, like, basically screwing over Devon and a lot of other people. Oh, she's uh, just a ruthless character. Yeah. But flawed, just, you know, she's just, there's so much, there's so much dimension again, Bill Bell. You know, there's such dimensions that character that is lacking in the current set. And that's a great example right there of someone who you know what she stands for. You know who Jill is. You see her coming or you don't. <laughs> you know, it's like that to me is just like a well-defined character. And I, I, I need to see more of that, especially in like the younger set for sure. Yeah, because that's one thing I will give, like I say, you know, calling out Summer or like Michael in General Hospital and, you know, Jocelyn, his sister, that's Carly and Jax's kid. We we know what they stand for. Whether you like it or not, these kids are their parents' kids and for good or bad. And I feel like we could really get that from Kyle being the son of Diane and Jack, but they just don't let him do it. Just like Abby is is the legacy is the child of two legacy characters but nope we don't we don't give her enough to do i know and this they did the same thing with noah right yeah and robert adamson is so great and i'm so happy that i'm seeing him yeah he's showing up in primetime on good shows like stump town and my mom watches that all rise on cbs or whatever and i saw him on that and i'm like good for him yeah yeah i'm I'm glad to see him because he he is a nice guy and he was a good actor and they just never did anything with him and i'm like he is nick and sharon's son Another character I love, and I was just listening to another character I love as well to find another good example. Even though it's a little hit or miss these days, is Lauren Fenmore. Yes, I just really, I just really enjoy her. Um, I'm still pissed, by the way, two years later that nobody called up Lauren Fenmore to let her know that Sheila Carter was still alive. Okay, that <laughs> still pisses me off. Because I love Sheila. Oh, yeah. Sheila yeah. was a great character. Like, I love when Michelle played Sheila. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That was, I don't know how to feel about that still. But, oh, Kendall and Brown, man. Oh, Sheila. That was the time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, I won't, I'll be really surprised if they don't have, like, a, a Lauren and Sheila week. Like, just for that rivalry alone. Oh, I would watch. I'm telling you, maybe that would, you know, stir the creative juices and be like, hey, what's Kimberlyn up to? I mean, I don't think she won her election. So, like, you know, have her come on for a six-week arc or something. Yeah. I just, oh, 
the scenes that she shared with Lauren on top of that rooftop. Oh, so good. Such good stuff. I'm still talking about all these years later. Yeah. Yeah. times. We we don't really have the cat fights as much anymore because like Phyllis and Sharon have sort of mended fences because Sharon's got bigger problems going on at Y and R, and then you have like yeah, (laughs) it's like Abby is not really like up to par with Phyllis, and so it just doesn't work as well. But GH does a good job with Ava versus Carly, but oh yeah. I mean, just the, those two actresses alone. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, Maura West is a work. god. And then her and Laura yeah. just going at it. It's like... I, oh, yeah. just to watch them work, to see how they maneuver those scenes. Oh, they're, they're, yeah, that's great stuff. Yeah, because Laura yeah. Wright sells righteous indignation and narcissism so well. Like, because Carly is a character yeah. that I should hate, but I don't <laughs> because Laura's so good. <laughs> And Maura West is Ava is just like wow that that's a that's a goddess right there. Love it. One thing I wanted to say while I was here was I feel bad that the print version of oh, Soap yes. Opera, CBS Soaps in Depth, is called. I grew up reading Soap Opera Weekly, and I remember the covers and the well again uh, what's her face Kim Zimmer is the clone yeah. on the cover. It was such an iconic moment. Uh, the photography they had, and so I was glad to see that one after the week we left, that there were a few others still out there because they really do serve as um, advertisements to people lying at Walmart or CVS. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's when you would store. read them and pick them up. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, and they, even just for the general public to be like, oh my god, Eric Braden is still on YNR. Like, you know, it's just like that type of stuff, and it's just a shame that you know the industry continues to shrink. Um, but it does, I know that there are a lot of clicks online. There are people listening to this podcast now. You know, they still get a lot of attention um, and online, so they live on. Yeah, so um, Richard, who works for Soaps in Depth, was on this podcast like a few weeks ago before the magazine portion folded. But yeah, like apparently, like you say, the online version will still be there. They'll still be doing interviews and doing content there. It's just the magazine portion is no more. But yeah, talk about an end of an era because you're so used to seeing those in the grocery store line. And honestly, we've only been to the grocery store in the last couple weeks and for most of us and that was always a saving grace was seeing the the soaps magazines like abc and cbs soaps and Deb. i remember like when, when i used to go to the market with my mom like she has to go down every aisle and so i remember i used to like get them and just read the whole thing in the store because i was like i'm just like so bored how am i gonna pass the time and so thankfully they always had them at the checkout and i would just read them and, um, yeah, good times. I know that the soaps are still pretty popular in blogs and stuff like that, you know, clips on YouTube, and people find ways to continue to um, celebrate the soaps, so that's a good thing. Yeah, and that's what I'll say, is, like, yes, things have changed, obviously, because there used to be, like, 14 soaps, now there's only four, and with a magazine like that going away... But there is still Soap Opera Digest that way, but I would probably see that possibly changing. But it's not just a soap thing. Print in general is going away. And in one sense, you can think of it as a positive because less waste and everything being online, but people have sort of had to transition into a different way of making revenue. But it's sort of the same thing, advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was curious to know more about the Zoe character on Dave. 
I Googled her and all these blogs came up. So, I mean, there's a lot of people writing about these shows. And we're doing a podcast about it here. So, you know, it's not dead yet or not at all. So that's good. Yeah, and in substance sci-fi, if it is dead, it can always come back. <laughs> um, I hope some do. I really do. In some form, uh, I normally I would not have much hope for soaps to return, but I'm just thinking about them as brands and all the platforms we have to pro- in which content is being produced. I mean, it just makes sense. You've got an audience there. It might be an older audience, but uh, these now a lot of these digital networks are trying to find other audiences they can bring in besides the Gen Xers, the Millennials. You know, they're trying to find the connection with other audiences because there's so much competition. How you know, I mean how much how many things can people check? So if you really want to wide your net, I would suggest doing something with one of these legacy brands. See see how it goes. Well, that's my my giant that's my big moment in this episode, my big advice. <laughs> Yeah, like, attach yourself to a legacy brand. I mean, who would have thought that Guardians of the Galaxy, a very off, like, Marvel shoot comic book, would have been the best, well, hopefully Trilogy is done here soon, but yeah, like, two of the best Marvel movies out there are from characters that even I, as a big old nerd, was not familiar with. You can take what you will from just, like, a known brand, and if you build it, people will come. I mean, you look at... How many Batmans have we had? How many Spider-Mans, Supermans? We've had all these iterations, and guess what? We still fucking buy tickets, like... Yeah. And it's the same thing, and just a different audience, or sometimes the same audience, like me, is just pick a brand, and and that's... People will come. I mean, like you say, you looked up the Zoe character, as I did myself. I'm like, oh, that's who Kelly's playing? And I looked it up, and I'm trying to familiarize myself as to what their dynamic is with people on the show, and I was able to find that because it was online, because somebody cared enough to put it there. Yeah, a lot of people did. I, was, I, I yeah. had plenty of choices to figure out who she was. And and that's just it. Is like there There's so much content out there, so it's just finding the right spot for it. Because like SoapNet did yeah. pretty well for a while, and it was like a piece of... You know, the cable, when cable became a big thing and they had all these extra channels, they did the same thing and it worked for a while. They could do that with soaps too. We have all these separate streaming apps, or like you say, CBS, Disney, they own these properties. They can put it right in their own backyard. Easily, easily. They had all the rights, they had the rights to Santa Barbara and all that when they had soap that going. And all they do is they just, just run the shows. Um, you know, this, uh, Pluto TV. I mean, there's so many different ways that they could go about getting shows like that out there. Passions would be perfect for Pluto TV. Oh, yeah. Pluto TV is great. Viacom owns that based on the content. Like, and mm-hmm. But I would be curious to see what else they could get on there because it, it's, it's interesting to me what all's on there. I know we tend to yeah. leave that on for the dog and it's always crank anchors on the comedy central one just reruns <laughs> of crank anchors or in a lot of their other like good little shows that you forgot about i mean now crank anchors was rebooted so they're really shoving that one there to get people to go back to like cable with comedy central for the new ones but yeah like i was so happy to see like drawn together one of their off cartoons on there and it was it was funny i remember it ran for like a couple seasons but 
Yeah, with Reno 911 being on Quibi, I won't be surprised if, like, that doesn't show up on some other streaming apps besides just the a locked paywall for the Comedy Central one. Exactly. And what I learned is that these, that the, um, there are so many different platforms, especially just online streaming platforms that are just so hungry for content, and they will pay because they will make money off the ads. So it's like... So just like something like a passions, I think it's it's inevitable that a show like yeah. that that has hundreds, if not thousands, of hours of content is valuable to some streaming service, even if we're not even aware of who they are. Uh, it's like you know why why let it sit on a shelf where people can still be making money off of it? So. Exactly. Why let it sit there? I mean, Soap Dish was on Pluto TV the other day. The Sally Field, like, wow. 80s, like, uh, sort of soap thing. And I didn't even, I, re- I knew what it was, but of course, like, it was before I was born, so I had never really watched it. But I'm like, oh, this is crazy. And like I say, if that's there, all these other things can fit there. Exactly. But well, yeah. We'll be optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we can do. Just be Mrs. Brightside. But that's not the podcast I'm doing this evening. But, hey, Grant, what kind of other podcasts can they find you at? Oh, well, um, if anyone's interested in checking out the Inside Sailor podcast, even though it was released uh, up until the end of last year, there are there's some content on there that you might find interesting. We've had, we've had many sit-down interviews with actors like Drake, and, again, we had Judith Chapman was on there. Oh, oops. We had... Um, Sorry, we had um, Crystal. We have uh, people like Galen and others. Oh, yeah. um, so I, I think the people would find something in that. There are also some evergreen segments where people would sit in their dressing rooms and just talk about the process and preparing for the day. Um, it was and it was just really informative. And then you can also hear me on Grant's Rants Hollywood Talk podcast. All right. Where can they find you on Sorry about about the barking. Oh, my God. I'm in the other room now. At It's Grant's Rants. ITS Grant's Rants. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. My mom's cat, River, will meow a lot in this podcast now, especially if I don't know why. I guess it's just women talking, or it's too late for her, one. She must have gone to sleep, because usually she'll start to meow in the phone conversation here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I do apologize for the dog. I don't know what she's going to say about but at it's Grant's Rants on Instagram and Twitter but yeah I hope people go back and listen to some of those Inside Salem episodes because they're just they're cool you know I was happy with how we did it and it was um, a nice experience to get to know the cast yeah, and it, you really just have a wide barrage of jobs in the daytime industry. I had no idea about interning with Y&R, doing the Inside Salem podcast. I know you've been over at NBC, but when I looked that up, I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, like you say, they didn't really promote it as well, but it, like you say, it's, it's evergreen. It's there if you want to go listen to it. And yeah. yeah, just like your streaming shows or whatever, some of these may not be producing new episodes, but it's there. Go listen to it. You'll learn something. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this to me on the first Believe in Soaps at Night. (laughs) Love it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. And if you aren't already subscribed to the channel, just hit that button right on your favorite podcasting app. 
And if you like it, rate us on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I love reading your comments. And as always, I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys. You can find me anywhere on the internet at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N because there is only one. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.